Welcome to the Nittany and Badger a Big Ten Football Podcast. In today's episode, we recap the dominating performances by both Wisconsin and Penn State, along with the nail-biter in South Bend. We also will update the power rankings and get you ready for Week 5. Let's roll. Welcome into the Indian Badger Big Ten Football Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Lennon, joined as always by my co-host, Corey Heineman. How you doing tonight, Corey? Pretty good. How about yourself? Good weekend for both our teams. Yeah. Uh, got our started early. Yeah. Yeah, you got the uh, Friday night game, and that's where we'll start. Uh, Wisconsin takes it to Purdue, 38-17, on the road in West Lafayette. Um, so how do you feel about that game? Um, overall, it was a pretty good game for us. Uh, we started off for the first time this season actually playing well in the first half. First three drives were all touchdown drives, so that was pretty promising to see. Um, after that, I don't know, there's some iffiness there. Tanner Mordecai, I don't know what we'd be doing this season without that guy. He's kind of shouldered a lot of the a lot of the pressure and uh, kind of carried us so far this year. So pretty happy with that transfer so far. No touchdown passes, but he did have two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, and he has better hands than our wide receivers. He did catch two balls. <laughs> yeah. there, that was one thing. Going into the season, we thought, I mean, the running back thing was always kind of settled. It was going to be the same two as last year. We'll get into that more in a second. But uh, the receivers – we brought in a bunch of transfers and we thought that the receiving room was probably the strongest part of our offense and they just haven't looked at, I mean, there's a lot of drops, some key drops that could have really changed the game, put it to bed a lot earlier than it was. Uh, So that wasn't great to see. Skylar Bell, I think had one of the drops that could have easily been a touchdown. Mordecai basically put it right on the money and just kind of, I uh, can't explain why he didn't outstretch his arms all the way, but it is what it is. So, yeah, sort of more impressed with Mordecai than I expected, less impressed with a lot of the wide receivers, especially the transfers. DK uh, is obviously still the man, but we had him last season. We knew that already. Mm-hmm. On the defensive side of the ball, it was, it was improved. There is a lot more pass rush than in weeks past so that was good to see uh, we kind of got I wouldn't say bailed out I think we would have probably won comfortably anyway but there are a couple calls in the game that really went our way that we didn't necessarily need to go our way but since they did that helped aid in the uh, three touchdown victory but back to the running backs I mean obviously by now, everyone knows Ches Malusi broke his leg. Yeah. Which was pretty gruesome in the replay. And you, I mean, you could tell by how he reacted, by how the team reacted, and just how the video looked that it wasn't going to be good. So yeah. basically his uh, 
college career is over. He doesn't have a sixth year eligibility, does he? If he if he could take so. a medical red shirt or anything like that, he would be no. out of eligibility. Yeah, I okay. think he's done. Okay, that's really unfortunate because he, him and Braylon Allen were they're a good one-two punch together, and it really yeah. seems that he went down that way. And Braylon, Braylon came up with a pretty good game this week, yeah. averaging seven point three yards a carry, two touchdowns. Chez was a little less. Uh, effective i guess but still key part in getting the running game going so we're gonna miss him obviously um it's kind of weird for the badgers to have a bear covered at the running back position but we basically had all of our eggs in Chez and braylon's basket so now we're looking down the barrel at i guess a converted fullback jackson acre or uh redshirt freshman Cade Yacomelli. And uh, I think it's just going to mainly – you're going to see Braylon Allen just getting a ton of work now. Hopefully yeah. he can hold up. And they probably are going to rely on Mordecai too more to get more carries out of him, which is puts him it's in more scary. vulnerable yeah. spots. Yes. Yeah, he's he's not a big guy. That was one thing I noticed that he seems a smaller guy than I had kind of expected. I didn't – I didn't watch a lot of SMU games, so I hadn't really seen much of the guy. But, yeah, he's a little smaller than I expected, so that does kind of worry me going up against Big Ten defenses, having to have him run it more. But we'll see. I think Braylon, not that he wanted to see Chez get hurt, obviously, but this is what he wanted. Though. He wanted to be, like, the clear number one back, so now he is. He'll get all his carries, and he won't be able to complain now. So we'll see what happens. But it does put more pressure on him to perform, and you gotta gotta hope he stays healthy throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, can't have and, him go down or it's all over. I mean, we're gonna need <laughs> we're gonna need better line performance than we had the first three weeks. This week, they against Purdue, they were a bit better. They seem to kind of be built for Big Ten football, like they prefer to you know have guys that are across from them that are big, they're going to come right at them. Mm-hmm. And they like to go right back at them. That Washington State game, I go back to that. They just had those quick, undersized D linemen that were just running circles around our guys. And it seems if we can just uh, get into this meat of the Big Ten schedule, the offensive line will hopefully work itself out here and match up well. Yeah. Um, Secondary and, played pretty good too. Two interceptions, so I gotta give them some credit. Yeah, three turnovers overall. He did give up eight more yards, total yards, than gained. Um, but it didn't help hurt you, you know. Purdue uh, turning over the ball three times killed some of their drives, so yeah, um, it didn't come. Yeah, the defense wasn't like lights out or anything by any means. They're still yeah. getting chunks of yards here and there. The one fumble was pretty hilarious. Uh, it was uh, apparently a lateral, and I don't know. Maccabee just kind of stopped playing, but credit to our defense, he didn't stop playing. So, um, But, yeah, I, I would say I would agree with you. The biggest takeaway from this one is is the fast start that they haven't had in, to this point this season is getting those yeah. – touchdowns uh three touchdowns on their first three possessions um and then coming out of the second half too and getting some field goals 
Uh, although Purdue was scoring some touchdowns, they're making it a little bit close, but then they pulled away in the in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So a good overall yeah. game. You can't. It was your first conference game. Yeah, one and zero. Take it. Yep. Technically, anyway. I think uh, we're already on the top of the West. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> considering everything going on in the West, um, it's pretty much wide open. Your, yeah. your, um, anybody could come out of that division. I mean, maybe even Purdue. You can't even count I Purdue don't know about out, Nebraska honestly. or Northwestern. And I'd count both of those guys. Out. Can we count out Northwestern? They beat Minnesota. <laughs> I'm counting them out. <laughs> It's it's just going to be another crazy uh, year in the West as it has been the past few seasons. It's going to be come down to the wire, uh, but you guys are cer- certainly in the conversation. And I think we'll be throughout the season. Yeah, I think you know. Hopefully, we'll only get better in, from here on out, but we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. But as the coaching staff and the players get more comfortable, hopefully we'll only get better. Yeah. But now you get a you do get a bye week now. Probably comes at a good time. You lost your second back. Um and it gives them another extra week to kinda of integrate the other guys into the system a little bit better. Um, taking more carries. So yeah, Braylon Allen's gonna be the man, but you gotta have in today's football, you gotta have a second guy that comes in there and and yeah, split some of the carries. I almost think we're going to see a lot more like end arounds and jet sweeps and things getting the wide receivers more involved, probably too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could be, you know, two weeks to um, adjust the game plan a, a little bit and, and, and maybe implement some things that what they haven't shown yet. Yeah. Um, so that, that could be good too. Um, yeah. But you guys, over yeah. like overall, you don't seem to have besides Chez. There's not any other, too many other injuries, right? No, we don't. Most positions, other than like wide receiver, we do kind of lack some depth, so it could be an issue if we start getting some piling up here. But so far, so good. Mm-hmm. But now well... we can get into a. Penn State's uh, experience with the West. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was surprised. Um, I, I think we both were surprised at how bad it was, but you texted me. Got to recap the score? Just yeah, well, yeah, it's <laughs> Penn State 31, Iowa, a big old goose egg. Uh, and their first shutout, Iowa's first shut, uh, being shut out since 2000. When they actually lost to Illinois at the same by the same score, thirty-one nothing. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, it is. Bad offense for like twenty-three years, and they still were never shut out until. Yeah, you know. I know. Yeah, Ferentz became head coach in nineteen ninety-nine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, you texted me when Penn State went up three and nothing. You were like, "That could be it." Yeah, <laughs> that could be enough. And it that wasn't was right. enough. <laughs> I mean, prior to that, you could just tell Iowa, and they looked so anemic on offense. There, literally zero threat of them. Yeah. Unless you guys gave them a really short field, there's no way they were going to 
marched on the field with well, those that's, guys. Yeah, that's the thing with Brian Ferentz. He seems like after he has his, after he's done with the scripted plays, the first 10, 15 plays, he's got nothing. Absolutely nothing. And he's just sitting, ask Madden, ask Madden. <laughs> yeah, ask Madden. Um, yeah, if you look at that Iowa second drive, they were moving the ball. Um, McNamara on the first play of that drive scrambles for 18 yards. And you could also tell he was a little bit gimpy, too. I still don't think he's over that injury he had. Um, no. And then they rushed up the middle for another five yards. Um, and then uh, for they did a little shovel pass to Eric All, which was a good play call. Totally caught Penn State off guard. But Penn State went in there for the tackle and punched the ball out and recovered. They went down and got a field goal on that next drive, but after and ate up a lot of clock. Um, but yeah, after that, Iowa had absolutely nothing. Uh, their drive chart from the night was six plays, 24 yards punt, three plays, 30 yards punt or fumble, three plays, seven yards punt, three plays, three yards punt, three plays, zero yards punt, three plays. Minus six yards punt, three plays minus three yards punt, one play, 16 yards fumble, three plays, seven yards punt, five plays, 20 yards fumble. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope their, uh, I hope their fans get their t-shirts updated. It says punting is winning on the front, but then they need to update on the back, which says punting is also losing. <laughs> it, it was just a pathetic performance from Iowa, from my perspective as a Penn State fan it was great. Defense was yeah. suffocating all night. They only allowed 76 yards, four first downs. Two of those were in the first quarter, and then they didn't get another first. Iowa didn't get another first down until uh, garbage time, and they turned over the ball four times. I mean, Penn State was living in the Iowa backfield all night. Uh, Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, Danny Dennis Sutton, they were all over. Um, McNamara and the Iowa running backs. They even had a. Those are three defensive ends, and at one point Manny Diaz had them on the field, all three of them on the field at one time. And Iowa had no idea how to handle that. The oh, Iowa yeah. offensive line. Uh, I think totally that's one of the things that you can easily do to Iowa is confuse them, confuse yeah. Brian Ferentz. <laughs> yeah, he has no idea. Yeah. Um, the offense didn't have to do a lot on it. You know, the weather was crap. Uh, with the rain, I mean, Drew Allar had four touchdown passes, but they just they played Iowa's game. They just grinded it out. We're gonna we're gonna take the yards. We're gonna we're gonna get three four yards of carry. They were four for four on fourth downs. I mean, they were just like, okay, we're just gonna go in there and put. You know, you have a six. What's Allar? Six foot four. Huge. You know, he's a big dude. Yeah. They just gonna sneak for the first down. Easy, easy as can be. Um. Yeah, it was just – it was a dominating performance overall. Like I said, they didn't have to do a ton. There's not a explosive plays. Their biggest play, Singleton ran for 19 yards. They they didn't have a single play over 20 yards all night. Yeah, and they were able to force some of those turnovers, get the short fields, and then uh, Aller was able to get it in the end zone almost every time. So that's always huge. Yeah. If you get those short fields, you got to score. Yep. And if you um, do that against Iowa, you're going to win because they can't. Yeah. Yeah. Once they got behind, there was no way that it was only 10, nothing at halftime. And you thought, well, you know, this is Iowa's game right here. They like to 
you know, that Penn State's offense hasn't been done a lot. But as soon as Penn State took the ball in the in the opening uh, kickoff at the second half, and they ran it down their throat, um, yeah. fifteen plays, they scored a touchdown. It was that's when it was like, okay, it's definitely over. This There's is a no great. Way. This is a great stat that kind of sums up the game right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa's total tackles on defense one hundred. Penn State's total tackles on defense twenty four. <laughs> <laughs> so they just barely had the ball because they were just going three and out, three and out, two plays yep. and a fumble type thing. Was like... Yeah, and, and yeah, you guys didn't turn the ball over. So that's, I mean, if you're going to beat Iowa, it's not as hard to do if you never turn it over. They can't yep. get their defensive touchdowns, and if they don't get those, they're in a world of hurt. Yep. Um, yeah, Penn State's the last team in the country in FBS not to turn the ball over. You know it's coming at some point, but right now they're they're on top of that stat. Um, yeah, and to that stat, I read the total plays, Penn State 97, Iowa 33. They were out-snapped by 60-plus. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. Um, but one quote I wanted to read from Kirk Ferentz, and this shouldn't come as a surprise – on, he was questioned about the offense after the game. He said, we're not going to create a new playbook. Is that what you're suggesting? I'm not a wholesale believer in changing just because you had a bad game. It was not a good night game tonight. I think we made progress in three weeks. Tonight was disappointing. We played a really good football team. We'll keep it in perspective. We'll evaluate things over the course of 12 games. We've got eight to play. We're not just going to start over again in any phase. It's not just one bad game, Kurt. No. I assume their playbook looks like Tecmo Super Bowl. It has eight plays in it, four pass, and four run. So <laughs> swapping that up shouldn't be too hard. Yeah. I I mean, defensive coordinator Phil Parker for them just needs to go find another job. He can't. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyone on the coaching staff that's not related just has to be slapping themselves in the face. Like, yeah. I mean – don't you think the program's unserious trotting that week after week? It's, come on. It's it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. I don't know how you get an offensive recruit to even look at the place. Somehow they do, but I don't understand it. Yeah. Well that's here they, they brought they went into the transfer portal this year and got all these, you know, got some help and what you know, because Kirk or the Ferrances were like, It's it's the players, it's the players. It's not the players. You're putting your players in awful positions. They can't even perform. And sure, mm-hmm. the offensive line has probably taken a step back in the last couple of years too, but there's ways around it to try to put your skill players in better positions. But Brian Ferentz doesn't know how to run an offense. It's, it's quite <clears throat> clear. It's almost like you could say nepotism knows no bounds. <laughs> you can almost say that. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it. Yeah, we've we've crapped on Iowa on this pod so many times, but yeah. it's so warranted because it, it's it's true. It's more of a running joke at this point. Yeah, they and are. So is their joke. offense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I mean. I feel bad. I mean, I don't feel bad. I I was gonna say like I I I wrote an article for Basic Blues Nation saying it was personal after 2021 and booing of the. Penn State injuries, and then Kirk Ferentz doubled down on that and saying that the fans smelled a rat and all. 
he deserved everything that happened to him last night. I, I, you know, and the fans that booed two years ago. Yeah, I don't give a shit. But like, I almost feel bad for the the good Iowa fans. There are obviously some that have to sit through that crap. They should not have to suffer yeah. through that bad off watching that bad offense. It's terrible. Some of them embrace it just out of necessity. Some of them have to just hate it. I would think, but yeah. I don't know. They don't seem to be very vocal if they do. Yeah, I mean. But we go back to what you said at the beginning of the season. They're going to win seven, eight games, and they're going to mm-hmm. be happy about that. Like, the, the coaching staff will be happy about that. Yeah. They'll be like, hey, we won eight games. We won Outback Bowl. What do you want us to do? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and this whole Brian Ferentz has to score 25 points a game. Or his offense has to score 25 points a game. I think a goose egg takes a hit on that. They would have to, I think the numbers are, he'd have to average like 27 points a game moving forward, and there's no way. There's no, <laughs> there's no way they have 27. There's no, more, there's no more cupcakes on the schedule. It's all Big Ten the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State, you're getting close to cupcake territory with everything going on there. But, mm. yeah, other than that, uh, I mean, they actually do have an easy schedule. They don't. Oh wow! Well, they, they won't. Michigan or Ohio State. Yeah, they, Penn State was clearly the best defense. They'll face the rest of the way. Yeah. Uh, but this offense is so anemic. It there's literally nothing is going to change. I I, I don't yeah, I mean, see I, how that's going to change. Anyone who wants to beat them just needs to watch that tape and do exactly what Penn State did. Yeah. Because I was not going to change. So what worked that week should work next week and the week after to shut them down. Yeah, I don't know if Michigan State's going to be able to do that next week. Uh, I don't even know what's going on there. (laughs) Yeah, but um, yeah. And unfortunately, they're going to be right there in the West because the West is such crazy right now. Mm -hmm. But I really hope the Badgers, when you guys play them, you need to destroy them. (laughs) <laughs> Break they are their coming spirit. to Camp Randall which hopefully is, I mean it's better than having to go to Kinnick so we'll see yeah but yeah I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the beatdown last night although I was flipping over uh, later in the game to the Ohio State Notre Dame game because that yeah, is clearly thing. clearly in hand first, yeah. first drive of the uh, second half it was it was pretty much over but yeah Penn State's playing really well right now. Defensively, they're good. Um, they want, they're one of the best defenses in the country, in my opinion. And uh, offensively, they're doing enough just, you know, to complement that good defense. So, um, and and doing it better. They have better athletes than Iowa does. Like Iowa would say, "Oh, we play complementary football." Yeah, well, your your offense doesn't even pull anything. Your defense and secondary, or your defense and special teams do everything for you, and you get yeah. lucky. And they gave their defense some pretty tough positions at the short fields and the fumbles. So I think the defense did a fantastic job to hold Penn State 399 yards. Yeah. <laughs> Considering all the crap spots that their offense put them into, three and mm-hmm. out, three and out, three and out, fumble, three and out, three. <laughs> yeah, but that's enough of that. I think uh, we've beating the dead horse on Iowa and how terrible their offense is. But I'm happy about Penn State going to 4-0, and now 
They have about a month to get ready for Ohio State. Not to get too far ahead, but they got Northwestern next week. They got a bye week, and they got UMass. So let's be real here. They they're gonna most likely be six and zero heading into Columbus. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get to that Ohio State Notre Dame Notre Dame game. Uh, the Buckeyes pull it out at the end, seventeen fourteen. Um, you might have watched a little bit more than that than I did. I did see the ending, and that game was what three nothing at halftime. Yeah, it's, it's a, a slugfest. Exodus is a barn burner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and did you also see that Notre Dame on their last two, the last two Ohio State plays had only had 10 guys on the field? Yeah, I don't understand how that works. How does, how it, how does it not, how does it happen twice? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but yeah, the Buckeyes pulled it out somehow. Um, yeah, there's a... What was it? It's like fourth and 22 or something like that. Fourth and 19. I can't remember what it was exactly at the end of the game. And McCord just kind of pulled a throw out of nowhere to end up just short of the end zone, but still get the first down. That I don't think he could make that throw if you gave him 100 more tries. The third and 19. Yeah. But yeah, a heck of a throw. Um, yeah, and I mean they were clearly going to go for it on fourth down if that wasn't going to happen. But yeah, then they get it down there and they get the rush. That yeah, I was Notre expecting Dame... a, sh- I was expecting yeah. a shorter play on third and nineteen, to where they could get a manageable fourth down try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They went up, went for broke, and they got it. Um, but yeah, Notre Dame on the last on Ohio State's, they were not ready for it. They didn't have the personnel in there. They were confused. And how do you only have 10 guys? What are you doing? Uh, three seconds left from the one yard line. You know, it's going to be a run because uh, it doesn't matter if they get in or not. They don't have to worry about the clock. You mm-hmm. knew they were going to run it and they just were not really prepared for it. Yeah. They still almost stopped it. It was pretty close, but clearly <laughs> it was in. Yeah. Yeah. It was clear. Um, but yeah, the Buckeyes pulled it out. What I didn't get after the game is Ryan Day calling out Lou Holtz, 86-year-old Lou Holtz, for, like, blasting. I didn't know Lou Holtz was still even saying stuff. It sounds like he's talking with a mouthful of cream corn from the uh, (laughs) retirement home. But, uh, yeah, I don't know why they took that so personally. I don't know. And then him saying that's... They were the favorite to win the game, so it's like... Yeah, and they... And he uses this oh, Ohio against the world. I'm like, yeah. dude, Ohio State has been – you were born as a head coach on third base. Like, Ohio State has everything going for it. There is, you cannot – if your players actually buy that bullshit, like, I guess uh, more yeah. power to them, but come on. Ohio State is – you know, Ohio State. Yeah, I think you watched the Jordan documentary one too many times and just trying to manufacture a chip on their shoulder or something. I guess. I guess that's yeah. it. Oh, that was ridiculous. And like I thought he was gonna start crying at one point. <laughs> but yeah. they still have a few more games that they need to win left, so this was just the first hurdle. Oh yeah. I mean you still have Penn State on the schedule, you still have Michigan on the yeah. schedule. And I mean, look, in two weeks, you got Maryland coming up. You never know. 
gonna have. I mean, Maryland's not. They could be pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think they do get them in Columbus, though. Um, they get Penn State in Columbus, but they got to go to Michigan. But yeah, the offense. I'm not. I'm still not sold totally on on the offense. No. Uh, three nothing at half. And yeah, McCord made that pass, and the announcers were like talking him up about it after the game and things. He looked pretty bad for a lot of that game. I was not impressed. I don't think he's going to hold up against uh, other good Big Ten teams. And I think that's going to keep him obviously out of the college football playoff. But if they were to make it that far, he's a huge liability. Mm. Well, they're lucky they got Marvin Harrison Jr. back because he got undercut there and that didn't look great. Not like the Chez injury, but it didn't look yeah. good at first and it was good to see him come back in at least because they're going to need him down down the stretch. Um, But yeah, they won. I, I mean, I guess it helps out Penn State if I look at it that perspective because keeping out Notre Dame, this was going to be a big win for Notre Dame and yeah, um, and having, we having them need... in the in the mix of the college football playoff, but they'll still be there. If they run the if Notre Dame runs the table, they're going to be in the discussion at the end. Yeah, they have some tough games coming up too. The USC, Clemson. Mm-hmm. So do they play North yeah. Carolina? I don't think so. Okay, because it. I mean, they had the ACC schedule, so. Um... Yeah, I don't see them on here. Okay. Uh, oh, they got Duke next week. That's right. We're going to talk about Duke. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't think Notre Dame will be there at the end. Yeah, I don't think they're that good. Uh, they always get overhyped just by virtue of being Notre Dame. So. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State needed to win that game just to kind of save face for the conference, at least. Yeah. We're, we've not been looking great other than Penn State and Michigan so far. Um, Do you want to talk about – I know you enjoyed – seeing uh, Minnesota go down to Northwestern in overtime. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's always good to see Northwestern still battling for some reason. But you can't blame can't blame Minnesota totally on, on this game. Calico Manis didn't have a bad game. He was 14 and 19, 153 yeah. yards and two touchdowns. And um, You can blame him a little bit. There's just not calling enough pass plays. I mean, He's doing the same thing that they were doing uh, last year and the year before with, uh, I can't remember. Tanner Morgan? Uh, Ibrahim. Oh, Ibrahim. He didn't have so many carries. They're doing that again with Darius Taylor, and it's like, at some point, you know, I mean, football has changed overall. You got to throw the ball a little. 19 attempts is just not enough unless you have a huge lead or something. Yeah, well, they, I mean, they did have a big lead going into the fourth Oh, uh, yeah. Once that started evaporating, you got to start throwing the ball and getting first downs and eating up some clock. You can't just run it your three times and then boot it away and think that's going to work. Yeah. Um, yeah, surprise Northwestern. I don't know. Ben Bryant pulled a game right out of his ass there. <laughs> yeah. Not sure where that came from, but he's looking – like he was actually pretty good in this game. I don't know if that was him or the Minnesota secondary or what the deal was, but he looked pretty good. Yeah, I think he'll have a harder time against Penn State next week. Yeah, I mean, his first three games were not impressive, so I'm 
not expecting him to keep it up, but mm-hmm. he actually did have a nice flash in this game. Looked a little, lot better. Should we go into the Minnesota's got to throw the ball or else you're not going. Yeah, I agree. And Ethan can't, so that should tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> should we go into power rankings real quick? Uh, sure. Not much changed. I'm going to actually go from the top. And then, uh, so Michigan won. I kept Ohio State at two. It's a big win for them. But I still think that gap between them and Penn State is really close. You know, it's going to be decided on the field. It's narrow and narrowing as we speak. Um, Maryland's four. Wisconsin moved up uh, to fifth. And then below them, I have no idea. Like, all the teams are shit, honestly. Yeah. And and they could be ranked in any order. Right now, I have Iowa at six. I could really. It's wild that Iowa is six, and yeah. it makes sense still. They're so bad on offense, and yet it's still like, yeah, you know, they're still better than a lot of these other teams. Yeah, I mean, Rutgers just played against Michigan. They're actually that game was closer until you know it was seven seven. Yeah, it was close. It was fairly close. They scored first. They couldn't do much offensively after that, but they're not a terrible team. I actually could flip them, and I could see flipping them, even though I don't want to flip them, move them up a spot for losing. But yeah. um, Minnesota's eight, Illinois nine. They barely pulled off a win against FAU. Yeah. Um, they were down quick in that game and had to come back. Yeah, they've looked bad against some weak opponents so far. Yeah. Um. Nebraska moved up a spot to 10 for beating um, Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. Tech. Yeah, I mean, good <laughs> good for them. Yeah, by two touchdowns, not, like, real impressive. Yeah. Although um, uh, Nebraska's quarterback, apparently also their best running back. Yeah. 19 carries. It's a lot for a quarterback, 157 yards. I think he was their best running back previous week, too. Probably. Um, I pushed Michigan State down two spots after losing to Maryland. They're going to end up at the bottom of this power rankings probably by the end of the season. Yeah, I was going to say, I almost put them there right now, and until they prove differently, they uh, not does not look like things are going to go well there. Yeah. Purdue 12, I move, and then I flip-flop Northwestern Indiana. Even though Indiana got a win, it was against Akron, and they needed four overtimes to <laughs> <laughs> beat Akron. And I hate those overtime rules that when it after the second overtime it goes to two point conversions. It's just so yeah. silly at that point. Now the end of game. Um, yeah. But yeah, so good on Northwestern are out of the basement again for for at least a week. Yeah, I'd like to see overtimes uh, start at like. I don't know, start at the 40, you know, and then second overtime at the 30, and third overtime at the 20 maybe, and then just cap it there. But I'd like to see, um, you know, I'd like to see you have to at least get a few yards to get a field goal in overtime. Yeah. Basically, you're starting uh, as long as you don't have any penalties. Unless your kicker really blows, you should get a field goal every time. I agree. Yeah, Which I, is kind I, of annoying. I just don't like the – it seems too gimmicky to me. Like, everybody's got two-point plays, and yeah, I don't know. It just seems I mean, it's silly how a game – Three how yards or something. Game. Yeah, like, they, they put it at the three-yard yeah. line and, like, do your two-point yeah. plays. It's it's kind of stupid. Yeah, it should, like, just go by 
dance routines or something. <laughs> okay, whoever has the best choreographed dance routine. <laughs> the players go out and. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and the coaches. Oh. <laughs> All right, our next segment, as always, is stock up, stock down. Who do you got this week, Corey, for your stock up pick? Stock up pick. I'm going to finally bite the bullet. I'm going with Drew Aller. Oh, uh, he made it through another game without an interception against what was supposed to be a vaunted Iowa defense. So I got to tip my hat to him. A couple of the, those touchdown in passes too. in the rain had yeah. some good zip on him. And he did show a lot of guts uh, in some of those runs, not sliding and just going for it, using his size. So I was pretty impressed with his performance. So I gave him my stock up. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Penn State to their defense. I mean, right now they they look like the best defense in, in the Big Ten. I will um, do that to you, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but two weeks in a row, nine turnovers. I mean, that's that's impressive. Um, yeah, that, that is a big thing. The takeaways that have been huge for them. Yeah, I think uh, I think they're holding opponents to eight and a half points of the game, so they're they got to be up there in the top five. Uh, defenses in the country right now. Um, yeah, their secondary has impressed me. Um, I mean, their coverage has been pretty good, but when they get the chance to pull off an interception, they seem to have better hands than most uh, defensive backs. Yeah, they're 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 ball hawks. And uh, the one sad thing, I love watching this defense, but I know that Manny Diaz is going to get all the head coaching offers in the off season and he's going to be gone. This will be his last year. Most likely deservedly. So I think he deserves another chance. I think he got kind of uh, the raw yeah, deal. He's in a tough he's spot in Miami. Miami. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think he deserves another shot at the head coaching job and I, he'll definitely get a good opportunity in the off season. But right yeah. now his defense is way up on, on stock up. But uh, who do you have uh, for your stock down pick? Uh, for my stock down I'm going with Kyle McCord, the Ohio State quarterback. Even after a win. He, yeah, he <laughs> he did make that throw. I feel like that's going to be a detriment to him. He's going to now think he's good, and that's going to be an incorrect assumption on his part. He's not good. And it, they did win. They pulled it off. No thanks. Well, tiny thanks to him. I'm just not impressed. And that's what the question mark was for me with Ohio State going into the season. And uh, I think he's played enough games, and I've seen him enough to where I don't think he's it. And I think they're going to struggle. They're probably going to lose that Penn State game. They're going to lose to Michigan for sure. So I think they're going to take those two losses in the Big Ten. I think they're going to – I mean, I don't want to sound like a homer, but I think they're going to run into some issues also coming to Wisconsin on Halloween weekend. So – yeah, just wasn't impressed with Kyle McCord. I don't think he's a he's not good enough to take them to a national title or anything like that. Um, kind of changing your pick early to Penn State over Ohio State. Yeah, after seeing the quarterback play, I just I just can't put Ohio State there. Well, you got a few more weeks, you could change your mind. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's in Columbus, and I, I already picked Penn State before the season to go in Columbus and win, but I know you're a little bit more hesitant, but now you might be changing your mind because of the quarterback play. Between the, you, well, now put, yeah, that, you put Drew Aylar on your stock up, and now you have Kyle McCord on your stock up. And the defensive down. backs from Penn State being able to hold on to those balls, like they're going to get a lot of opportunities with Kyle McCord throwing it, and all they have to do is hold on to two or three of those, and that's the game. Could be. Um, my stock down, um, I had two. I thought you might go one way, so I had a second one down, but maybe I'll save that one for another week. I'm going to go PJ Flex's PJ Flex coaching job. Mm. Uh, actually, it would more be like his his hot seat is getting warmer. Um, yeah, I heard his name tossed out there for Michigan State. <laughs> I don't know about now. You uh, that you cannot lose to Northwestern. That team has gone through a lot. I mean, kudos to the Wildcats for pulling that win off. But yeah, I don't know what's going on. And and like I, I agree with you, they're re- relying too much on the run game. Um, yeah. But that's probably because they don't have. Yeah. Ethan's I mean, not a very good quarterback. He's not. He, yeah, he's by far worse than McCord, but still. Uh, it. I mean, when the game comes and it's on the line like that, you have to be able to make throws. Yeah. It's just the only way you're going to win close games. But to blow a 21-point lead, um, and I don't know if you – I flipped over to the game after the Notre Dame-Ohio State game, and there was like – there is nobody in that stadium. It, it, <laughs> it was it, – Ryan Field was empty. And I'm like, you it's crazy because that's a seat like 200 people or something. <laughs> it's it's definitely less than like those high school stadiums down in Texas. Oh yeah, and even some of other states that, yeah. that value high school football at a big level. I mean, um, I've never been to Ryanfield, but I imagine it's something like the Wolverine over in Turtle Creek. <laughs> it could be. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I don't think they would fire PJ Flick. But it's going to be a Not this really, year. yeah, it's going to be a really tough trying year in Minnesota, and because yeah. they're in the West, they're going to be in it most likely. But I just don't see how they could win. They don't seem like they have the horses this year to win a Big Ten champion, a Big Ten West title. Certainly yeah. not a Big Ten championship. Yeah, I mean, they were bad for a lot of years there before he came, so he's kind of brought a little bit of relevancy, so he's got a longer leash than some. Yeah. And this season, yeah, like you said, they're bad, but they'll still tech- they'll be like mathematically in it till like the last two weeks type thing to where, yeah, they won't fire him. And he could leave on his own accord, but I kind of doubt that. To so. Michigan State? <laughs> yeah, or somewhere else. I don't know. He always, he's always one of those like shyster guys looking for the next spot. You know. Mm. Yeah. Just but yeah, they, me as that. They won't fire him this year because yeah, he's they bought he's bought some pretty goodwill and like you said, they they weren't that great before his arrival. Yeah. Um, but they're they're currently rowing a sinking boat though. Yeah. They just don't have the offensive workhorses this year, and their defense isn't that good either. Yeah. Um, They're going to run that guy into the ground this season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By by far. Um, So, yeah, let's get to our week six. No, week five preview. 
Um, Wisconsin is on a bye week, as we mentioned. Uh, so we'll just talk about Penn State Northwestern first. They got it. Penn State's got to make another return trip out to Illinois. Uh, this one should be a probably easier contest than last week was against the alumni. Uh, the Nittany Lions are 26-point favorites. Um, a noon game, so another 11 o'clock central start. Could be another slow start for Penn State. I'm going to make a bold prediction um, that Nick Singleton, or Catron Allen, but I think Nick Singleton, by, neither one of them has really explosive runs this year. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say Nick Singleton gets a couple of explosive runs against this Northwestern defense and goes for 200 next week. Ooh, I thought you were going to say 150. 200 is a, a 200. big pull. Yeah. But especially when you're splitting. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, if he gets a couple me. big explosive runs, then that can yeah. add up real quick. Um, I just thought the Northwestern defense is is nothing great. So I think yeah, they That one surprised off. me. And I think we're basically going to see a might, – might have back-to-back shutouts even. No. Defense. I was, I, one thing I wanted to mention about back to the Penn State-Iowa game, that Delaware looked better. That Delaware did more damage against, against Penn State's defense than Iowa did. And I think Northwestern might even be slightly more offensive competent offensively competent in Iowa. Surprise. Depends on which Bryant shows up. If it's the guy from the first three games, he could still have a shutout. If he's the guy from the Minnesota game shows up, then yeah, you probably give up two or three touchdowns. Yeah. Still uh, gonna win big though. Yeah, I I it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty big slaughter. I don't think we'll get the shutout again. That'd be That'd be crazy to get back-to-back shutouts. But I will say Penn State covers. They get Nick Singleton some big runs, a couple touchdowns for him, and Penn State wins 45-10. to 10. Uh, Yeah, that's close. Uh, you went higher than I thought you were going to. I thought I was going to be the one blowing it up, but uh, I was going to go 42-7. Yeah. Yeah, just – Shutting out any team is tough to do. They'll do it in back-to-back weeks. I, I can't predict that, but yeah. I guess it could happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it did, though. Yeah. This is the perfect setup for it to happen. Yes. Iowa, Northwestern, the worst <laughs> two offensive teams. <laughs> it's true. Um, but, yeah, going over to the uh, – back to my bold prediction about Singleton. Yeah, Northwestern has given up an average 184 yards um, a, a game right now, and – yeah, with the split splitting between him and Katron Allen, yeah, that's more unlikely to happen. But if he gets a couple big runs, I, it it's bound to happen. They've been bottled up. I don't know. They're not – they don't look as, you know, like they did last year, how they broke out as freshmen. I don't know if it's a sophomore slump right now. I mean, they're not terrible. They're obviously getting still getting good carries, but they haven't had those big explosive plays. And yeah. Franklin, Franklin always talks about explosive plays, and they really haven't had a lot of big plays yet this season. So at some point, I think it's going to happen, and this would be the defense to do it against. Yeah, I think there's been a little bit of uh, the other teams kind of knowing that Drew Eller is a bit of an unknown and kind of, you know, baiting him to beat them, and he has. So now I think they'll start coming around and uh, – 
they'll realize that Eller's good enough to where they're going to need to stay out of the box, and that should open it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go around. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, let's go around to a couple of the other Big Ten games. Uh, let's start with Michigan at Nebraska. Um, how do you think this one will go, Corey? I think the Wolverines are 18-point favorites. Yeah, that seems low. Nebraska, not real sold on. Michigan, they've kind of, they haven't looked as good as they did last season, I don't think. But they haven't had to show much against yeah. the opponents and so they, they had three games or whatever without Harbaugh where they were just doing whatever they are doing. But uh, I think it'll be a similar outcome to that Rutgers game. Michigan's going to win by probably 28 points, I would say. So we'll go something like 38-10. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sold on the Huskers either. Uh, they have gotten a little bit on track the last two weeks, but it's probably the quality of opponent more than anything. Um, yeah, I just don't see how they – yeah, they're at home in Lincoln, but I don't see how they hang on uh, no. for too long against the Wolverines. I'll go uh, Michigan 34, um, Nebraska 13. So a little bit closer score, but yeah, three still, still four cover, touchdowns yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah, they'll cover. Um, yeah. I did. I didn't have it on the list, but let's talk about Illinois Purdue, which apparently is a rivalry game. Um, but but yes. for, for the for the cannon, uh, the Purdue Cannon Trophy, I think. Uh, but this is uh, both teams are coming in. Last year it was a uh, they were battling for the Big Ten West, and this year both teams are coming in and not looking so good in this one. Uh, the Boilermakers are only a one and a half point favorite at home. I'm gonna probably seen enough of Purdue and Illinois. Uh, I'll go Illinois, but it's going to be a low-scoring game, probably in the range of like 24 or 17. Yeah, I'm going to go Purdue. Okay. Um, what's his name? Ed Linger, Erlinger, whatever. Illinois quarterback, not good. Hudson Card, slightly better. Not great, but slightly better. Um, I just think Purdue... This is a must-win for Purdue. You mean Altmaier for Illinois? Altmaier, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah Altmaier. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of Erlen Meyer flask in my head. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is basically a must-win for Purdue. They're one and three right now. So I think they're going to come out at home just playing a little bit harder, and I think they'll win this game uh, 24-21. Okay. Um, and then – NBC has got to be like, why did we sign up for oh, this? Yeah, this game's great. <laughs> Michigan State at Iowa in prime time. NBC. Uh, Iowa. Actually, the last time I looked, they were 10 point favorites. That line has now moved to 11 and a half. How do they still give these big over unders in Iowa games? 36 and a half? No way. Yeah. <laughs> Hit that under. Iowa's going to score. 17 probably Michigan State's going to score three points so yeah there's no way that's ever going to add up to 36 and a half yeah um I was going to be mad with their performance last night 
uh, they're going to come out and at least defensively and, and probably score at least a touchdown defensively, if not two. Um, their offense will still be atrocious. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think Iowa gets – I'll give them 20. Let's say they score two defensive touchdowns and two field goals. <laughs> um, so that's 20, and Michigan State gets – I'll go with their total from last week, nine. They'll get a few field goals, but it, 20 to nine. Still right. not in, not ahead. getting the under or hitting the under. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to be busy during that game. Oh, there's got to be better games on at that time. For, for, I mean, yeah, NBC played paid how much for that Big Ten contract. And last night's game against Ohio, Ohio State and Notre Dame was big ratings, I'm sure, but. I guess they got to take the good with the bad. Cause that's so a, that's a six thirty. Yeah, I guess we have Notre Dame Duke that we could watch. Yeah. That'll be a better one. That's about the only other good game. Uh, South Carolina, Tennessee. I guess. LSU Ole Miss will be on at the same time. They'll be in. They'll, uh, they'll start five. Over, yeah, yeah. They'll start five o'clock your time. Um, but yeah, so we can get into a few of the other games. Let's talk about uh, USC at Colorado. So mm. big big noon is going back to they cannot stop going to Colorado this year. Yes. Um, Even if and that, that game was embarrassing. Yeah, they, they got <laughs> absolutely annihilated by Oregon. Granted, Oregon looks pretty awesome. Like Three three running backs deep there, just great. And somehow Bo Nix looked good, which at Auburn he never impressed me that much. So yeah. I think that was more of a Colorado secondary. It's just not very good. Yeah. Um, the Trojans are 23.5-point favorites. But, yeah, I think USC may be – they had some trouble with Arizona State last night. They might be the third best team in the Pac-12 behind Oregon and Washington. Washington might be one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. So far, they've looked really good. Um, yeah, I didn't think Penix was a. I didn't think he had this in him, but apparently Indiana was holding him back. <laughs> um, I think USC finally puts the nail in the coffin on Colorado's season. I mean, they're. Not to take anything away from Colorado's going to still end up in a bowl game, and you know, oh, yeah. but this they were never going to win a national championship. And media, just they have a few more wins on their schedule, but yeah, they also have some other tough games. They might pull one or two of these ranked games out at Washington State, Oregon State, or Utah, but yeah, they're going to get another pounding this week. Yeah. USC beats them. I'll go. Uh, offensively, they're just too good. They, they'll, they're gonna score at least. I'll go forty-nine, Colorado, uh, fourteen. Well, actually, no, because USC's defense is bad, so Colorado will get points, but they just can't. They won't be able to keep up with USC. So I'll, I'll just that score to forty-nine, uh, twenty-seven. So right. it will be closer, but yeah, USC's defense is pretty bad, bad, and that's that's why I think Oregon and Washington might be better than them. Yeah, so I think uh, USC has a far better quarterback than Oregon, which is going to spell a lot of trouble for Colorado. 
I'm gonna go something like fifty-six twenty-eight. Okay. I think USC is gonna want to make a point to uh, score more than Oregon did. Oregon really kind of let their foot off the gas there in the second half. Yeah. And I don't think USC is gonna have quite that much uh, restraint, especially with Caleb Williams wanting to get a Heisman. Yeah, he wants the back to back. Uh, LSU at Ole Miss. Uh, the Tigers are two and a half point favorites. Um, yeah, as usual, Ole Miss folded against Alabama. Yeah, they did. Last week. Could have been an even better better game if they pulled that one off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go LSU in this one. Probably by more than that two and a half. I'll I say they win by yeah. ten. Probably twenty eight seventeen. Yeah. Lane's a clown for the most part. <laughs> yeah, he is. Just never impressed with that guy. Um, I still don't like LSU. I don't think they're that good, but I think they're better than Ole Miss. So. Yeah, I'll go LSU. Let's see here. Go LSU 35-24. Um, and the final game, talk about Notre Dame at Duke. Uh, undefeated Duke. Um, does Notre yeah. Dame bounce back in this one? Uh, they are five-point favorites, but Duke has beat Clemson already and has looked pretty good in all their games. Um, yeah, I have to imagine they bounce back. I would say so, but I think Duke's going to give them a fight, and it will be close. Um, yeah, I can see that. I'll go Notre Dame 27, Duke 20. It will be a close yeah. game down to the fourth quarter. I mean, even though Notre Dame lost, they had a lead for quite a while on the Buckeyes, which is pretty impressive. But up until the last, like, two plays of the game, basically. When they had um, 10 guys on the field. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard to win with that. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Notre Dame will win this game. Duke will have a little bit of coming back to earth. We'll go... Notre Dame. And Hartman has looked good other than that Buckeyes game. I'm going to go Notre Dame, 35. Duke, 28. Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, I think Duke wins that game. Man. That will National be... champs? <laughs> yeah, national champs. You know what's funny right now? Duke's ranked. Kansas is ranked. All these basketballs, traditional basketball schools, are all ranked in football. But Duke still does have a couple other tough ones on the schedule. They go to Tallahassee okay, at Florida okay. State, and then they go to Chapel Hill. Yeah, that will. So they'll still have a lot of a uh, lot of games to play after that. But if they beat Notre Dame, that will be that'll be huge, and I think it will be close. All right, well, that's our show for tonight. Um, wrapping things up, again, we are on all the available major podcast platforms. Um, we're on Twitter. Uh, email us. For now, for now. Until yeah, for now. And, and, until, yeah, until Elon starts charging, which is the rumor. Yeah. Uh, once he starts charging everybody, I think we'll have to find another platform. Yeah, that clown's not getting a penny from us. No. I don't know. 
but there's that's the thing there's hardly any platforms out there like that does what twitter does that's in the same right. kind of like has the same kind of interactions and as many as are subscribers or you know members i'm sure our hardcore listeners will like this but uh we'll look into only fans guys <laughs> <laughs> If you enjoy our show, you can give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Um, and remember to subscribe. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for joining me tonight, Corey. Um, yeah, it's always nice when we both are feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, it's better when both our teams win. I think we're in much happier moods. And I, I think last week, too, we were just exhausted, too, from the whirlwind uh, yeah. weekend. Uh, but this time, feeling rested. Um, but we'll be back next week. Um, so we'll see you then. Sounds good. See ya. Yep. Bye.